It's time for the forecast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to the forecast, a podcast like no other. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? The Forecast, sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse is redefining how you view real estate by eliminating the typical commission structure of 6 or 7% to sell your home. List your home for $24.95 plus 3% and still get full service. And still get full service. Check out charterhouseiowa.com to learn more. There's only one thing I value in this world, Stephen, that's loyalty. Without it, you're nothing. You have no one. It's the only currency you can count on. Now, please welcome your hosts, Mark Charter and Chris Williams. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I think you may have something here. Hey, guys, it's podcast time. Welcome to the Charterhouse Real Estate Offices. Um... This is great, watching KK just eviscerate some biller on the phone. CenturyLink, dude. They're trying to, oh, they're trying the to screw us over crooks. on a bill. They're trying to say we have new service. So we've, we, had, we had CenturyLink at our old office for a couple of years. Yeah. And then we moved how many feet? 60 feet? Yeah. 80, 80 yeah. feet One of to a deals. new location? Like, hey, we need our service not in that spot anymore. We need it in this spot. And they're trying to charge us like all this new service stuff. It's like crooks. Come on, guys. It's amazing how some companies just are so poor at treating people well. The yeah. people that are paying them money. Yeah. It's not that tough. Have you noticed that the new trend seems to be you go to Twitter and you, you tweet at these official accounts and then they respond. They have an auto response pretty much. Oh, yeah. uh, we'd love to oh, talk to you. Yeah, Let's just go shoot, private. Shoot us a DM. No. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know. They, they have, still suck after that. They have to act like they care. Yep. So they respond, but then what actually comes from it? I I don't know. There's no substance. Speak, no. Speaking of bad business, apparently uh, Village Inn wasn't selling enough pie. Uh, we're used to telling people, "Hey, we're right across from oh, no. vi- we're right across from Village Inn." They shut down. Yeah, they closed yesterday. Oh, this is no good. Yeah. So let's let's make a prediction. Nick had one yesterday. He's not too far off. Uh, a lot of people don't know where we are. We're at the corner of First and Delaware. Williams, what's your prediction for what will go in that spot? That is a good location there, right on the corner. Well, it's got to be a corporation to take a building of that. You know, th- this has got to be somebody who can afford it. It's going to be a Perkins or an IHOP. Those are those probably are, IHOP is too close to here. There's it is a Perkins on the opposite side of Ankeny. Perkins will be going in there. No way. So, Ankeny cannot support two Perkins. To hell it can't. Per- Perkins's, Perkins I. So Nick was saying that it's going to be uh, either McDonald's or like a Casey's because we got come and go right across uh, the street. Yeah, no, no Casey's. We are, no, we're more than quarter of a mile away from the there's too nearest much, Casey's. So but there's, there's too much one. infrastructure that you have to do with a gas station That's to just true. throw it in there. There is a lot of infrastructure. But there's, there's a decent. It's a decent sized lot. What about a McDonald's right there on that corner? I don't know, but it'd be a good place for a vet clinic. <laughs> you and the dream, man. You've been chasing dollar that. signs is rolling. You've been in his chasing eyes. that dream since I've known you. I have been, I, and I fall short every time. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. 
I, uh, I, how would you do vet different, by the way? So before we started, we oh, talked about we, 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 of, like, we like talking about business, right? Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff you can do with vets nowadays. So what's a couple of examples of something that's like people are like, ah, oh, one vet's the same as the next. Like, well, What's something you could do that's different? One thing I want to do with it, but the laws have to come around, and, and they will. Yeah. And I'm not exactly up on it right now, but I think that there's a real opening for being able to, like, FaceTime your vet. Oh, really? To avoid... Um, you know, it's like, hey, it's fifty dollars to FaceTime, but you don't have to because a lot of dogs don't like. And you can show the vet like it's paw, yeah. Or, you know, stuff that's not yeah an emergency. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, that's what people need when they go to the vet. They just need like advice. And you can't do that now. The law I, says you can't. No, I think that you know, I'm not. The last time I was looking into all this, like I, it, the law hadn't come around to it, but I think you could do a lot of good stuff. Like the that. reason that surprises me is because humans can do that. I think they're starting to doctors, do doctors, yeah. right? Yep. And I don't know. I, yeah. I've, never, I've never done this, but do people go someplace, like especially if they're rural, like where they have like you can actually dispense medication to people? There's got to be a building or something that they're going to for that to happen. I thought about doing a long time ago. My wife has a good job now, but when she was really um, – you know, early in your career, we wanted to do like a mobile clinic. Does one of those exist now or not? Yeah, but the, the, they're just, it's just hard. Because it's it, hard. You pay a premium for it, but I know um, several times we've used the mobile grooming for our pet, which is totally different. But it's the convenience. I think there's a lot of people that pay for convenience, especially I, when it absolutely. comes to having to create their terrified animal and take them somewhere. Yeah. It's not fun for people at all. I have, I have, I have big dreams in the veterinary medicine community, but unfortunately, it takes a lot of money to live those dreams. You're just going to have to keep running a sports website, I guess. <laughs> can, can I take a moment here before I start ripping on vets and doctors and everything just to say I'm sorry to all the band people out there? God, you're such a wuss. Why are you take? bringing it back up? See, this is I'm, PR 101. You can't bring it back up. You already he's did such a, Because I have not publicly apologized. He's such that. a softy, man. Just like, I mean, you. you I don't want to like Lee. Nick. Lee was pissed. Hey, do I you, get did, it? Are you, are, are you taking back the entire take it, then? Or are you, you sorry that you, you upset said. Lee? I'm sorry, upset people. Yeah, are you Man. sorry? I'm you sorry, ups- it didn't come out the way I wanted. Are to you come sorry out. you upset people, or are you like do you not believe what you said? Because it you you looked like you really hated the band. I think he believes it, but he's sorry he just brought it up. He, he should have kept it to himself. It was not. <laughs> yes. In hindsight, it, it I done that It was not presented the way I wanted it to be presented, and it just came out kind of hateful, and that's not what I was intending. Oh, so that, I'm sorry. That's for a that. class guy right there. He yeah. didn't. He, he hates the band. He just didn't want it to come off as hate. That that's what he's saying. Is that fair? No. <laughs> yeah, good. Nick's a Nick's a good guy. No, they're literally dismantling he, Village Inn as we're he, recording. I see big machinery over there. We need another play-by-play. They're taking signs down. No, it's fascinating. There's another security guy in the parking lot. I will admit, I won't miss that ugly building, man. They're green and orange uh, color scape. Not good. This is a bad deal we're, though, because we go there. That we, one. We always go to like to lunch after church. Yeah, you go there. Yeah, we always go there because there's never a line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Where do you well, where do go. you go by the way? My wife was telling me where you go and is it the one up by my house to church? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what what's the, that called? The Methodist the, Church. The, the CLC. She's yeah, telling me I, she's telling me I need more Jesus in my life, so we're probably going to start going there. So, you would like it it, it you know, I'm more of the I like to go to the uptown one because yeah. it's more traditional and it's more like older people in your hymns and like that's that's how I like to go to church. You like to get out the actual hymnal. Yeah. You don't like the rock yeah, and I like, hey, let's sit down and pray. 
let's not everybody stand up and sing. Yeah. Um, but my wife likes the other one, and she's more into it than I am, so I'll do it. I mean, it's better for kids. Yeah. It's exponentially better for kids. There's that, kids everywhere. It's yep. a, and they do it. Pastor John's phenomenal. Ugh. Like, they do a great job out there. So yes. I, I'm not complaining. I just like the I'm, – I'm, I'm 34, but really, like, trapped in – I'm a 34-year-old who's going on 70. So that's why I like the you, other. You do kind of have a sweater on that looks a little yeah, grandpa today. That's what I do. So here's a question about church. So, Nick, you don't have to get in trouble today. It'll, it'll just be me. But uh, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and I've seen this my, my whole life. I've never quite understood it. And you'll see it from time to time. It's usually your front row people. They're real excited to yeah, be there. Oh yeah, they like they're the putting their hands in the air. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. are you a like? No. Do you, have you ever understood that? Uh, singing the singing the songs is great, but the hands the hands in the air thing. See, I'm a different type of Christian than what a lot of people like think you should be. I am the type where I do all my stuff like behind closed doors. Yeah, like I I read like historical like. Who killed Jesus of the Bible, stuff like that. And that's how I like build my faith. But some people believe that they are reaching out and and touching Jesus. That's not me, but I ain't going to judge it. Well, have you ever touched Jesus when you do that, when you sing? Because a lot of people, that's the thing. Like, no, hey, no, it, no, no, no. I don't do it, but I don't blame hey, They can do it if they want. No, no, no. I've never done it. But religion is an interesting thing, and everyone has uh, their own way of doing <clears> it. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you on that. I was watching something a couple months ago, and a lot of people have seen news stories on this. But the people that uh, handle snakes as part of their service. This happens mm. in places like Kentucky. And yeah, down south. A little. They're, they're, yeah. I don't know if it's a de- denomination that does this, but there's plenty of videos on YouTube. You can see this. But the problem is uh, these snakes aren't aren't hip to the program. Oh. And there's been incidents. This one guy that I was watching a, a couple months ago was handling a poisonous snake, and the snake turned around and bit him on Ugh. the neck, and he starts bleeding everywhere. Uh, almost died, didn't die, but this guy's father got bit by a snake as well and did die. He was the pastor of the church. The son took over. Now he almost dies, and they do this as a sign that uh, we can handle poisonous snakes and God will protect us. I'd be the first to say, you guys might want to rethink this strategy a little bit because God also doesn't want you to be a complete idiot. Correct. God gives you common sense. God gave you a brain to not put yourself in that situation. That's kind of like, I'm going to test God by seeing if this poisonous snake will bite me. Do you believe that God, like, do you believe that if you are standing in a lion's den, that God is going to tell that lion that God will get inside of its head and be like, hey, don't attack, Mark? I think there's there's, uh, cases of... What we would describe as miracles yeah, in this I, I, world. I mean, I, I'm with you there. I think in that case, that would probably take a miracle, assuming that those lions are hungry. Uh, but I would say, if someone said, if you have faith in Jesus, then you're going to get in that lion's pit, I'd be like, hey, I'm not getting in that lion's pit because that's just stupid. Because the know? faith in Jesus part isn't exactly supposed to save you from death, it's supposed to save you from going to hell. Well, you, that. yeah, I, I guess you could say, I'm going to get in the lion's pit, get eaten. And then go to heaven. Now, the miracle part so that's, would be that's good. if Jesus has other plans for you on this planet and he so chooses to save you. So really the question is, was the story of Daniel true? 
Was that a parable? Was it true? I don't know. It could have been true. You know, there's a lot of stories in the Bible. You can ask yeah, that. Yeah, the Old Testament's kind of... Noah's Ark? Is the Ark a uh, real thing? Was no. it really that big? Were all the animals on it two I by two? I can guarantee you I mean, Moses never parted the sea. You know, was the sea parted? Was uh, Were there plagues? But there, were there... You know, what what was real and what's not? But it does... Yeah, it's tough. It's teaching us. It's it's walking us along to the New Testament where the real shit happened. Yeah. I should not have just said that. That's a good way to describe the Bible, dude. The old stuff. Thing. I did it. The old Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, <laughs> Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Oh. All of those... That's garbage, Nick. You don't need to read that. Get to the good. <laughs> all right. The best book I've read on this, and I really do read a lot of these. Do you know all the books of the Bible, by the way? The Old Testament yeah. I suck at. The New Testament I do. But the only reason I know them is because uh, of a song when I grew up. Like, if you set things to songs, yeah. it's much easier. All I got is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Saddle your horse and then get on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> what was it? Saddle horse and then get on? Yeah, giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> Acts, Romans, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrew, James. This is what I don't hear the, Peter, I don't hear the Peter, song. Where's the John song? Peter, John's Well, so, so you, you would. very educated mother. So you, you would say. pizza pies. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Acts, Romans, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Th- Second Thessalonians. And this can Includes another episode of the podcast. Yeah, so if what you want, hey, if, if, if you want your kids to re- to learn the books of the Bible, teach them a song. My mother-in-law got mad at me on Christmas Eve because we were all. You scrambling. said shit at the the dining room <laughs> table, didn't you? We're all scrambling to get to church, to uh, and and I just made and it. It was just a, she didn't really get mad at me, but I thought it was a really funny joke. I was like, honestly, let's just not go. Let's just hang out. I go. We we all know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like seen the movie before. The Virgin Mary had Jesus. When does she um, does she say things like Christopher? Yeah, that's exactly what she said. But she's you know been around me and we have a great relationship, so she doesn't really get mad, but she acts like she's mad. It's it's part of the joke. Yeah, but like you know we get it. Like Joseph, and what guy Joseph was? If you think about it, yeah. I mean, hey, let me you're, ask you a you're, question. You're married to this woman, so here so, she's impregnated by the Holy Ghost. And you're just going to stand by and be the man. Like, that is a dude here, right So here two questions. Two that, questions, all right? B- b- biblical philosophy here. Were they married? Does the Bible say that they mm. were married, Mary and Joseph? We believe that they were, but were I, they? So read. you need to read the book. T- I'm telling you, anybody read this out there. It is fascinating if you're interested in this stuff at all. It's called The Case for Christ. There was recently a movie made about the book. Yeah. And this guy was a like investigative like criminal reporter for the Chicago Tribune for like 30 years and his wife got real into Christianity and he's and he was an atheist and he decided to treat the life of Jesus and like all these stories of the Bible and treat it like a case that he would be working on and he went all over the world and interviewed all these experts and the, it, it it's it's fascinating you you need to check it out so if so I don't know if they're married, but I do believe that they were. I well, think. I would assume that they weren't married because if they were married, the there story. Weren't they like forced well, to get married? No, I'm feeling no, like the, they were engaged yeah, when but she the, actually the, got but the story, no, the story, she, the story about the birth of Christ is she, that the virgin Mary got pregnant, right? Yeah, by well, the, ghost, why, why, the Holy why, Ghost. Why are they married and they haven't screwed yet? No, because they weren't. They weren't married. So what happened was she was in the garden. What garden? What are you talking oh. about? <laughs> I thought Katie was. Yeah, she wasn't the, chiming in. And the angel 
came and basically <laughs> the angel basically impregnated her. Well, that's well, my, that's yeah. my, that's my understanding. So, but where does the virgin part come in? Because she was a virgin. Well, so they weren't married then. No, they were not. And no, I know this. And then basically, she, it was like an arranged marriage because that's what they did back there, back then. Yeah. And so they all had to flee uh, Nazareth, I believe, whatever town they had to flee for Bethlehem because of the government. Yeah. And the government was coming to like tax all of them and like. They were kicking them out, and they were doing a census, and they and all the Jews had to go to Bethlehem because of the census, and she needed an escort because she's this young pregnant woman carrying the son of God. Yeah, and her father arranged the marriage with Joseph. I believe is how it went down. But was it the marriage after she was knocked up? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. A hell of a guy Joseph is. Yeah. To just sign up to, hey, you're going to go marry this pregnant woman. I want to know how that conversation uh, went down. So uh, Joseph's with his girl Mary, and Mary ends up being pregnant. Joseph knows he didn't do it. And, and Joseph and, and, had and, to have. And Mary, and Mary says it was, it was an angel. It's like a day and a half walk to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem, just FYI. Did you look that up? Yeah. Nice. I don't know. Did, did, did Joseph buy 157 it? kilometers? Did Joseph buy that story immediately? By the way, was Joseph like, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, that sounds that sounds plausible"? From what I've read, he had some apprehensions about it. <laughs> yeah, Mary's cheating. Mary's well, cheating on me it big is time. Like to get to be, but I believe that the angels spoke to him as well and said, "No, you're doing this for the Son of God." So he was filled in on this. I believe he was in on it. Okay. That, that that would make more sense. Big win at Oklahoma State last night. <laughs> That's a powerful segue right there. <laughs> I love it. Hey, first of all, let's give Ryan Grove a shout-out. He's the biggest Iowa State basketball player. I talked, I I talked to Grove yesterday on the phone, in fact. So, uh, yeah, Ryan Grove. Uh, he was helping me rent some numbers on a house up in Ames. So oh, nice. He can help you do the same thing, by the way. If you want to sell a house, uh, basically spring is here. I mean, if you go outside, it's 50 degrees. Thanks to the Republicans. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Al Gore. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's climate change, not global warming. You know I said that, and somebody just got pissed. Oh, yeah. They yeah, don't, don't, don't walk all over the Ryan Grove segment, boys. So Ryan Grove up in Ames, help you buy, help you sell. Uh, we'll also help you analyze Iowa State basketball, which I think we're about to do. Uh, get a hold of Ryan Grove. And we keep saying it, but he's ducking us. Ryan Grove is going to come on this podcast soon. Now that Iowa State's one and known conference play, maybe maybe now's the time. So he could have gone to the game last night and doubled the crowd size. It oh like. my god, it was bad. All right, use Ryan Grove. So yeah, historic Gallagher Iba Arena is historic garbage, dude. Man, let me ask you one before we get into the game. Let me ask you one question because my wife asked me this last night, and I said I don't really know, but probably were those in studio announcers last night on the TV? No, they were there. They were there. Yeah. How do you tell the difference? Well, you could, it's pretty easy. You just I'm not being a smartass here, but you'll if they're cutting to the guys and you can see a camera on them at the game. That's it. Yeah, I mean th- those guys were clearly there though because they they showed them at the oh, okay. bench a, a bunch of times. Okay. Yeah, most of the time they do. I mean, it's pretty rare in a Big Twelve game for them not, but it does happen from time to time. Yeah. What What happened in a nutshell to Oklahoma State basketball? Well, that's a good question. I mean, they used to be be there's akin a, to a Hilton Coliseum, right? I yeah, mean, th- there's a lot of theories behind that. And the one that consistently is brought up to me is the Thunder. K- 
killed took that many fans away that it the thunder and they say this about Oklahoma too like those places used to be packed and that now like there's just more passion surrounding the thunder than there are those basketball programs yeah what let me ask you this because I could make the same I, I would like to ask the same question about the University of Iowa like did them becoming successful in football and competing for Big Ten championships hurt their basketball program because I could make the argument that, like, look at them and look at Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State used to be a basketball school. not saying Iowa ever was a basketball school, but it used to be a really big deal when Dr. Tom was there and Jess Settles and Chris Kingsbury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, think, I, I, I wonder ba- if there's something to do with that, I, that it became so football heavy. I think bad coaching hires uh, hurt Iowa more than they hurt Iowa State. I don't know the question, like why. So you mean Oklahoma State? No, no, like Iowa, Iowa State. Like if you're if you're looking at Iowa, because you mentioned the Hawkeyes, and you know, because they had Licklider and they had um, Alford, kind of, you know, no one liked Alford, et cetera. Our, our equivalent at Iowa State was Wayne Morgan, but I don't know. I mean, Man, if, I don't know. If you look at Iowa, Wayne though, went what to a tournament? I mean, what what changed for Iowa? They they had a, some bad coaches in there. People got just kind of turned off to the program. Alford wasn't a bad coach. He was just a bad person. Yeah, but he didn't win any tournament games, though. Yeah, well, I mean, and did Lick- he not win any? No. They were a three seed that one year, and they lost. They lost. I don't think he won in the tournament. They won a couple of Big Ten tournaments under him with Luke Recker. Yeah, I don't, I don't, Reggie Evans. I don't think they did. I, I mean, obviously, I could be wrong. I don't have. I it in think front that of me. that team won a tournament game or two, but I. Yeah, he's fired now. What you're saying is, I'm pretty sure they won some tournament games. It's tough to be a football school and a basketball school. I mean, there's a bit of a trade-off. Look around. Look at Duke. Look at North Carolina. Look at Kansas. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just this is uh, streaming consciousness here. Yeah. I wonder if they're the T Boone Pickens influx of money, Mike Gundy, Les Miles evolving that football program into what it is, and it's a good football program. Yeah. You mix that with the Thunder and some questionable hires with basketball. Because remember, they had a dynasty in basketball. They had one of the greats of all time, Eddie Sutton, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be known as the rowdiest arena in the country. But it ain't also, anymore. the Madison Square Garden of the Plains. Wow. Oh, geez. That yeah. is a cool arena. I've called a women's game there before. It's really neat. Those empty orange sheets. <clears throat> They stand out on TV, man, and there's a lot it of them. It looked horrible. There's a lot of them, for sure. Um, I still was really happy last night, though, man. That that was an important game for Iowa State. That uh, was a big-time one. We, we looked like a team full of potential. Yeah, and they didn't play well, and they still won by six on the road. We got a lot of nice pieces. The offense, if it's flowing, is going to be good. Well, and the thing is, it's like Horton Tucker didn't score, yeah. and you still won by six in a road game Yeah, because you have so many, many guys that you can just – you know, oh, he's not on tonight. Okay, I'm only going to play him 15 minutes, and you can play. Clones rewarded those uh, state backers last night. Minus four was the spread. Are you getting back into gambling? I would never admit that. <laughs> I've gotten a few texts from you, and I'm just like, I just like to. Pick, this is I just, like, just, I just like to pick your brain. It's just good conversation. Yeah, I just like to pick your brain. Let me ask you this. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to answer this question because I want, I want a lot of pressure. I want like an off the cuff response. I've got a team in mind, in my mind. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So you just mentioned it's tough to be a good football and basketball school. Okay. Currently, which one is the best? Which school would you pick? 
The, the best all around? The best at both sports combined. What would you pick? Man, you really put me on the spot. I know. It's a tough one. You're at five seconds, by the way. Well, Ohio State would be up there because they're always competitive in both. Michigan? M- Michigan is – Michigan's a good one. Michigan might be next to the one I'm thinking They're like of. top ten in both. Especially if you think like the last five years or so. Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame's up there. Yeah, that's good. They got a routinely good basketball program now. Florida for a long time. They were winning national titles in both. Yeah. They've kind of fallen off a little bit. Because you think about the top football schools, Clemson, basketball. And no. They Bam- don't care Bama, about basketball. Bama, Bama, no. Not really. Uh, then uh, Georgia, same thing in basketball. No. Uh, really any SEC. Yeah, the SEC team. is garbage in basketball other than Kentucky. Kentucky's another example. Kentucky. They played well in football this football's, year. Football's coming around. Um, but Notre Dame, Michigan too. Maybe those are your top two. Ohio State would. UCLA sucks in football now. Yeah. They're, they're oftentimes in that conversation. Uh, Arizona. Arizona's no. football team hasn't yeah. been very good. So, I don't know. Do we miss someone, Nick? Someone obvious? Texas. Texas uh, and Oklahoma have both had good runs. Yeah, Texas has been basketball. Yeah, I would put both of them, though. Like, they're, they're both always good in both sports. Yeah. Now, they're not. They're usually not great in basketball, but they're – Duke and North Carolina in football have had their years, too, Duke's recently. Duke's gotten a lot Duke's better really with around as, Yeah. But when you look at consistency – I mean, they're not consistently in the top 25. All, you know? all teams have their moments, even Bama. <clears throat> I mean, it's weird to look at Bama and go, we played them in a bowl game. Bama was in the tournament last year. But, but we did, you know. We played Bama. There was a time not that long Got ago screwed. when Bama, <laughs> Bama was uh, not the Bama we know today. How did you guys – did you guys enjoy the Alamo Bowl? No. No. It was frustrating. Very frustrating game. Very, very frustrating game. Yeah, the uh, the devil, I think it was the devil known as Adam Gray, uh, posted something about uh, the bowl games and how when a team outgained their opponent yards per play by more than two yards, I think the official stat was those teams were 13-1, and one, something like that. Nick, I might not be right on that. Yeah, that Something like 13-1 right. and one in the bowl games. The one was Iowa State. We should have won that oh, yeah. game. We were the Absolutely. better team in that no game. No question. And, yes, the refs probably uh, screwed us over on a couple calls, but seven false starts is just but ridiculous. The three turnovers were the game. I mean, if, I, if David he, doesn't fumble when he did, we were going to score a touchdown. I mean, I'm not knocking Cam. I love Cam. I think he's a great coach, but, like – Here's my one, t- my one negative takeaway from, from the Bulls, having watched the hockey game and the Iowa State game. And, yes, refs play a part. And I'm not crapping on our team because I think Iowa State's great and we'll have a good season next year. But just while stretch, we had seven, yeah. which to me says discipline. That's a discipline thing. That's, that, that something's happening well, to cause us. The, I- know the Iowa Hawkeyes hit zero. Well, points. so here's what happened on that. And Matt, as much as – it took the fault for it afterwards yeah there was something going on because of the echo and the dome and we had a different cadence than normal yeah and the um the the freshman center there was some sort of a miscommunication on the cadence Hmm. and because you do that from time to like you think about it iowa state's guys never played in a dome like that like and it i was there it was a weird sound Mm mm-hmm throughout that and I think and I don't know this for a fact but I'm from reading into everything they messed with the cadence a little bit and they probably shouldn't have 
that's how I interpreted the seven. Because the seven false starts just doesn't make any sense. It's such a bizarre for a team that never does that. Because I, I, you look at like we've been one of the least penalized teams in college football the last three years. Yeah, you know, so it was such a weird. It was such an outlier. I guess is how I would look at that. Yeah, so it's frustrating. You know, it's one thing to lose a game where you're like, we should have lost that game. I mean, we were not the best team. Um, that was uh, when we played Texas. That's the way I felt this year when we Texas played Texas. Texas was better than Iowa State. I'm like, yeah. we never had a chance in that game. They were yeah. going to beat us. That was the feeling the whole game. This game was the opposite of that. Oh, yeah, should have won it. It's I like, feel like if those two teams played ten times, Iowa State would win seven. Yeah, yeah. I really do. I mean, defense played great. Um, Especially without two of your best guys. Two of your best guys. Nick and I have had this discussion many times. Targeting, it's it's just beyond ridiculous at this point because the rule, well, the term the term is the problem. Targeting, targeting indicates you're doing something intentionally to target someone to hurt them, etc. It's become this accidental thing that's happening now. Oh, he lowered his head as the quarterback happens to be falling to the ground. His head happens to meet him, and that's a targeting. That's not what the rule is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about protecting players that are getting lit up. Yeah, by safeties when they're, uh, you know, they can't defend themselves. It's become something much different than that, and it's frustrating to watch as a fan. Now it seems like any hard hit, you know, that flag's coming. My problem is just, uh, and I don't know what you do with it, but there's so much inconsistency with it. Yep. You don't know game to game like how a ref's going to call it, and then when you you factor in those guys in the booth who are calling in and. Like the Owazarike one wouldn't have even been called had Minshew's helmet not popped off and Leach taken a timeout. Yeah. That, it wasn't even called on the field. Yeah. They didn't call it targeting. Yeah. So, but it's I, like, oh, his helmet came off. There has to be a reason for it. Well, and then, and then like shortly after that, <clears throat> PV kind of jumps up on the sideline uh, on that re- receiver. I think it didn't catch the ball, but the announcers are like McElroy. Was it McElroy the announcer? Um, yeah, Greg McElroy. Yeah. He's like, oh, that that might be targeting on PV, and they start going down that road. It's like every he kind play, of like threw guys, his arm into the guy's chest, you know, like right below his face mask. I'm like, oh, they're going to look at that one too. And I was thinking, like, oh man, if they call that targeting, PV's out too. We're going to see an eruption like we've never I, seen the, before. The, the the ones that bothered me, Harvey probably was that's textbook targeting. Yep. I get it. You may not agree with it, but it you have to let him go. It looks a lot more like targeting when you look at the other targeting call. Yeah, and then but when the you know, when Eaton <clears throat> makes the catch and they called that incomplete, it was I mean that it wasn't even that they called it incomplete. What pissed me off the most? Why did that not get a booth review? Why did Campbell have to take a timeout for and, that? Well, it was, it was legitimately from the time the ball hit his hands, it was four steps. Yeah, four steps with obvious control. Of course, the Hawk fans I know are like, "Oh, he was bobbling the ball." No, no, no he wasn't. No. He hits the ground with his elbow. Isn't and it funny it how like, out, it's like immediately incomplete? Isn't it like, funny how like depending on what team you root for, you oh, see yeah. two totally different things? Yeah, but it's something like he catches the ball on that play, and then the defender hits him, and the ball like kind of shifts a little in his arms. But he was never bobbling the ball. I mean, no. let's call a spade a spade on something like that. So that call sucked, and that was a big one then, because I think that was third down. Yeah, it was. And then the miss false starts. 
Yeah. They missed two of them on Washington State. Well, it seemed like every review, the call stands, except for that incomplete catch. They said that was confirmed, and I don't get how you confirm and that. And not only you it was confirmed, say, right, it was confirmed quickly. I mean, <laughs> really it like, quickly. It's like, oh, one look. Nope, that's that's not a catch. Barely I mean, got his headset on. I mean, in the NFL, that's a catch. I realize that's a different league. But anyway, moving on, we got another season. You said you were burning up the phone lines uh, yesterday, Williams. On, yeah, that's uh, right. Butler and Montgomery. Um, I think the common thought is they're both gone. Uh, any updates on that front? I think that Montgomery's gone. That's like, I mean, I would say I'm like 99% sure. Where is he projected right now? Uh, late first, early second-ish. Okay. I doubt he gets into the first, but just because he's a running back. I realize it's he's about. He's going to be one of the top two or three running backs taken. I realize it's about money, but. If you didn't care about the money, and they all do, but if you didn't, would you rather be late first and even a little earlier first because your team is going to be significantly better? Especially as a running back. That you're going to go to? Yeah. Would you rather go to the Patriots or the Bills? As a player, I'm just saying, would you rather win a lot of games or lose a lot of games? I hope so. So you're saying the number one overall pick should really dog his last season, so he drops down. No, because if you're number one, you're making major bank, dude. Baker Mayfield's doing quite well. So, speaking of Baker Mayfield, were you surprised by his season, Williams, or kind of what you expected? I know you're a Baker guy. No, I totally what I expected. Yeah, didn't surprise me at all. Took him from zero wins or one win or whatever they had. That's what Baker Mayfield does. Seven. He's, He's always an underdog. And he always succeeds. He'll have the chip on his shoulder his entire. He needs career. a he needs a good like quarterback coach though. Like that's the because if not, like he does have limitations, and he needs like a good scheme. Yeah. He needs his Andy Reid like like Patrick Mahomes has. Yeah. That's the that's yeah. the key. I mean, if they if they hire some defensive guru without a guy to mentor him and give him a good system, then he'll probably not have a great career. Mm-hmm. I I don't know I. If Tom Brady would have been with the Vikings, would he have had that career without Belichick? No. Probably not. No. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, like, how important. Like, Dak Prescott playing for um, Arizona probably wouldn't be a starter. But he, he's, he was behind the best offensive line in football in a system where, you know, you have the arguably the best running back in football with a good quarterback guy in, in Jason Garrett. So I, that's my thing. Like, no, it didn't surprise me at all that Baker had. The, and I think the league's shifting to these Big Twelve guys. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at it. Like, well, if you got if you got Mahomes and you got Mayfield, <coughs> both doing good things, then yeah, you got to take a look at those. The guys. league is not like just oh, pro style drop back. This is not the John Elway NFL anymore. Yeah. You know, like you just see a lot more of the spread stuff. And you, yeah. Do you put much value into the stats that come out of the bowl games? Like the Big 12's record against the SEC uh, and the yards uh, they put up on SEC defense. I put a lot in that. And stuff that. like that. Like, is it to the point where now the Big 12 defense maybe isn't that bad? It's, it's just it's their never offense that are just bad. stupid good. It's never been that bad. Right. And it's, it's, it's a, overblown. It's, I, it's, I think, it's I think we have, it, if you look at Mississippi State as an example of an SEC offense, I think you can say that Big 12 offenses are much more creative mm-hmm. and take more chances down the field, deeper throws, all of that. So, are you going to score more points? Typically, yeah. I mean, it felt like Mississippi State ran five different plays. And that's all they did. Yeah, they were really boring. In the game. That was a really boring game. So, then the question becomes, how tough is it to defend that? Well, 
not as tough as having to defend all over the field. My, right. my whole deal is that there's just so many people out there who talk about like the Big 12 defense thing who are just ignorant. It's just the, it's just the, the storyline at this point. It's not even close. to If true, you break it down and like they'll, do, they'll oh you, well they're they're last in total yards. Well yeah because they're on the field twice as much as a Big Ten defense. Right. Give me yards per play. Give me yard points per possession. That that's the because like I mean the def, the offenses tend to go so much faster and it doesn't mean that those defenses suck in the SEC. It's just they're on the field twice as much as they are in a normal SEC game. Yeah. I mean it just. We've got to get rid of, like, there's certain analysts out there that are just stuck in 1980, and they have not evolved with the game yep. as it's evolved. And then it bleeds into our the fans, and then they start tweeting crap that's not. I think things help, though, when you have Texas really kind of dominating Georgia. I know it was only a seven-point game at the they end. They kicked their ass. Yeah. But it was – you can't say SEC is dominant over the Big 12 when something like that happens. Now the excuse is Georgia didn't care. Well, if you're on the field and you're playing, you care. You know, it's, I, I think it's as simple as that. can't say Georgia – well, you could see in their effort that uh, they didn't care. They weren't trying. They certainly cared when they were yeah. tweeting on Saturday night. They were trying. They were trying. And, and Texas was the better team. Maybe Texas is the better team. I don't know if it was just that one night or not. But um, – yeah, so anyway, Montgomery's probably gone. Butler's probably gone. What is the – I think Butler is more like 75-25. Why would he come back? Well, he could – I think he could go from like a third or fourth-round pick to a first-round pick if he came back, honestly. So you think it's fully based off of – I assume at this point he's getting advice. Yeah, I think that the reason you draft him right now is because he's a freak. But I think if he proves that he's more – paying attention to details and more consistent. Then he, had, he, can, he had a lot of drops this year. Yeah, then he can be a freak who's really meticulous about the game, and then you greatly improve your stock. Yeah. That's – I'm not Mel Kuyper, though. Well, if somebody can convince him that Stain could get him an additional $10 million. Which I think it could. That's a pretty good but, reason I mean, to stay. Who knows? And he's graduated, too, isn't he? Yeah, that's the thing, and it's hard to tell. Could you blame him for going? I wouldn't. Like, you already have your degree – you can go and get a huge paycheck. He's going to get drafted. This isn't going to be a Lazard deal where you slip no. off the board. He's too not, – Not at that size. No. So, like, I hope he comes back, though, because, I, one, I think he could break that first-round draft pick streak that Iowa State has right now. Mm-hmm. And I also selfishly just want to watch him some more. David, I have no – David needs to go. Like – he has to. Yeah. Like, he's a running back. You have to go. Hakeem, like, I don't think it would hurt his stock at all. And, I, God, how much fun would it be to watch him another year? Wide receivers have much longer Break every record in school history. Backs. You'd be the greatest wide receiver in Iowa State history if he's not already. I wonder what Campbell's advising him to do. I agree with you on Montgomery. Wear and tear, all of that's different at that position. And Campbell obviously would selfishly say, well, yeah, he's going to help our team. I don't think Campbell's going that route. But honestly, I wonder what the real advice is. David, right now it's th- your third or fourth round. Matt's yeah. just passing to him what, what GMs are telling him. That's how he looks at this stuff. Yeah. From what I understand, you know, it's not a mistake if he comes out. But he could greatly improve stock if he sticks around another year. That's everything that I've heard when I was making those calls yesterday. And everything matched up, what everybody was telling me. 
again, like if he comes out, it's not like, oh, Hakeem's an idiot who's money hung. No, it's not. Yeah. Because he, he's going to get drafted, and he's going to have an NFL career. It's just every every guy has different situations, like with their life and, and all that stuff. And who knows? But even him, like leaving early, a lot of people say, oh, you don't leave early because of your education. He's already graduated. Yeah, he already got his degree. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Which is awesome. He's, he's if you know that. where Hakeem came from and all that stuff, like it's a neat – he's a neat story. Mom died at a young age. You know, he's basically been out on his own for a long time, and yeah. they, it's a cool deal. So, again, like, I, I'll i have no ill will. Like he should, If he wants to go pro, he should. I just I, – I do think fo- there's a football reason for him to come back, which I, I think a lot of people just watch and make these spectacular plays and go, oh, he's got to go. A lot of guys did can do that, and then they get to the NFL, and they're not mature enough and consistent enough to make it. And they're just gotten by on their freak athletic ability. That doesn't work in the NFL. You have to be meticulous. Oh, I've got, I've got a perfect example for you that you're going to hate, dude. Laquan Treble. Yeah, he's on your team, <laughs> yeah. dude. No, I know. <laughs> that guy was a freak, but he sucks, dude. We've had he's another a- guy like that. Troy Williamson was like that back in the day. Yeah. There's it's a just, lot of guys like that. There's so many guys. You hit them in the hands and they drop it, but you throw it five feet over their head and La- somehow they've come up with an amazing catch. Laquan Treadwell was insane in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think back to the I think his mystery. injury hurt him a little. It did, he had but a he bad, was still. Uh, knee. But yeah, no, he was, he was probably a, at a certain point in college, he was the number one wide receiver. Oh, yeah. At Ole Miss. And he just kind of sucked. And I remember Vikings. falling into that trap. Like, I was just. You know, I was straight egg playing emoji when they drafted him. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. my guy. And it was because I seen the highlights. I didn't see all the drops and all the. And now you got Adam Thielen that's schooling him every, every day. And Steph Diggs, a fifth round pick and an undrafted free agent, and Adam Thielen. It, Think about it, that. It just goes to show you that sometimes heart and talent uh, make up for a lot. I mean, yeah. all the guys in the NFL are talented. Because some of these higher round picks that just either aren't focused enough or Dude, making too much money where they don't care. Or- I read somewhere yesterday that like half the NFL right now is like guys who weren't even drafted. Really? Which is crazy. That's, that is crazy. I don't believe that, but I, I, it was a blog that I read it and I never had a chance to fact check it. But I, whoever that had that had to have gotten something like that from somewhere. If that's the case, you wonder where NFL talent evaluators are finding these people. You know, a lot of smaller schools that just aren't getting the the love. You know, a good player is a good player. The, Open tryouts, man. The, the anecdote is always like, if you're talented, they'll find you. You know, well, maybe there's some truth to no, that. No, there is. They it, found yeah. Adam Thielen up in Minnesota. I mean, you got D2 guys getting drafted. I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the future at Iowa State's bright. The good news is Campbell's not going to be the coach of the New York Jets. Um, I don't think – you've mentioned the Browns before. Um, that would be the only one that would – and then if Notre Dame opens up, keep an eye on that. There's a – there's a, th- a th- Cincinnati's no interest? I don't think so. Do you – and maybe he's never said this. I doubt he has. But do you think he has a, a desire to go to the NFL? And I say that because – I think eventually. There's a lot of college coaches that have never gone to the NFL and apparently have no interest to do so. A lot have come back from the NFL too. I do think – and this sounds so corny, but it's it's true. Like Iowa, I think Iowa State's fan base has grown on Matt a lot. Like yeah. I, I do That's think not he, just lip service? Not no, just, not I – Tweets? I think that he appreciates that. I think that another big thing for him is, you know, all the facility upgrades that are coming. And, like, Iowa State's come so far. But, you know, with all the new stuff that they're going to be breaking ground on and all yeah. that. Like, Matt's biggest deal, I know, has always been 
treat this like Ohio State treats football or like Nebraska treats football. And I think Iowa State really over the last, you know, since Paul got here basically, I would say since 2010 when they started getting all the new Big 12 money and stuff, they've really – yeah, I always felt like for a while it was kind of like, oh, we want the whole athletic department to succeed, which is great, and you should. But there's a there's a head of the snake, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you chop off the head, everybody else is going to die too. And football's got to be the sure the driving. And, and I think, Matt, with the fan growth, you know, I, th- I do think he feels the love, and I, I think that's impactful. He, he I think Matt's big – two things, stability – he wants to be somewhere where he's stable, and that's one thing. Like if he if he goes to the Jets and they go, they win three games next year, you get fired in the NFL. Yep. You know they they'll fire you after one year, especially with a young quarterback like that. If that guy's struggling under you, you're gone. We can he's win the franchise. We, we can win three games next year at Iowa State, and Campbell's not getting fired. <laughs> There's, there is some stability. But I, I think there. that one of the biggest things that nobody ever talks about, but it's I know it's important to him, is just like the staff continuity thing. Yeah. And. That's why, like, when he got his new contract, his staff got a raise. He didn't. Um, I think that one thing that would keep him from the NFL, potentially, in a not in every scenario, but I think he would want to be able to control his staff completely. And I would, I would wonder if, like, let's say that he's the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. It's a job that's open. Would they let him take his whole staff? I would say no. Like, if I were John Elway, I would be like, you got, you know, your offensive line coach is coached one year. He's 26 or whatever. Mm-hmm. No. And I think it's important to Matt to be able to have that, his guys. I don't know. I haven't really talked about that, but I, I don't, again, I don't, spur of the moment thoughts. I'm never going to say he's never leaving. That's ridiculous. He will leave probably at some point. I and I bet that. it will be an NFL job that takes him. <laughs> but I don't. I just, I think the, the unknown is. There's a major difference between those two sports. One is it's adults, you know, it's it's grown men making millions of dollars, and the other is more of a mentorship role. How much does he value that? Maybe he doesn't. I think he does value that now. You want me, you want me to make a hot take here? Yeah. I think he's a better NFL coach than he is college. Why is that? Because I think Matt is – and I, he, he's obviously a phenomenal college coach, but I think he could be like a – because he's the when you get to the NFL, like the guys who were CEOs, yeah. and those are the guys who really succeed. Is he a Belichick? Yes, he's a Belichick clone. Yeah, that's where I'm saying. Like I think Matt. It, now he's really good at the relationships, and and clearly look at how he's recruited. For God's sake, like if you're not elite at that, you don't bring these guys yeah. to Iowa State. But like I think his skill set would really thrive in the NFL as well, because yeah. I think he could just full solely focus on roster building and that's what he's great at look at look at this i mean they got guys that i well, they're moving guys all over the field not like, o- not only that but we're looking at we're talking about uh david montgomery leaving and a lot of people i i don't think are super upset about it because of who's coming i mean we've we've got some good oh, running backs Brees hall and on, on the way brock are insane now i would also like to before we shut down and people put words in my mouth I think Matt's probably – I think he would be smart to get three or four more years of experience before he does the NFL thing. Yeah. I mean, he's – Matt's how old? 
36. Uh, 39. He's 39. I, IT's looking it up in his, in his 30s. He just had a birthday. I mean, I think it's clear he doesn't want to go anywhere until he's at least on the podcast another time. 39. Just turned so, 39. 30, 39 years old. You know? It was uh, – The thing about Matt, though, that's interesting is he doesn't have, like, his, a thing. Most of these young NFL coaches, it's like, oh, he's an offensive guru or he's a quarterback whisperer or he's – Matt's just like a – he is a CEO. Like, that is what he th- – he lets his guys coach. I don't know how much input, if any, Matt has on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Do we – Like, Haycock runs it. What What is what, – what changes on offense as far as coordinators, et cetera? Can we expect any change over this offseason? What, what do you think is going to happen? I was I've heard a rumbling, but I don't want to say it because I have no idea how true it is. As in a new coordinator coming? I mean, can you say at least that? Yes. Okay. But I don't – honestly, it's like a one-source thing, so I don't even want to be – Yeah. I don't want to let it out yet. I mean, it's, it goes without saying that that should happen. I just didn't know if people were like, yeah, yeah, that's coming. It's going to be announced sometime soon or we're many, many months away from something like that. It's I not, not going to be Cliff Kingsbury. No. <laughs> it's not going to be Cliff Kingsbury. Darn. The one, I, the one I'm going to say – I don't even want to give it anymore. Does it? Because you know people are going to start guessing. And can you do rhymes with no? <laughs> no. Schmatt. The takeaway needs to be that we need to keep tweeting at Matt Campbell to show him our love. Well, he appreciates that. That's well. Our new offensive coordinator does his name right rhyme with Schmatt Mamble. <laughs> can you can you answer that part of the question? <laughs> Hopefully the answer is no on that it's one. It's a good podcast today. We covered everything from Christianity to some basketball. What happened to? Um, Gallagher Iber Arena, Matt Campbell's future. I, I feel like there's something. If there's not something, you know, Nick apologized to the band teachers. It's a. It was a focky podcast. This is what this is what we do. We're all over the place, man. It's what we do. It's what we do well. We didn't even touch on uh, Kansas, did we? No, I'm, dude. Kind of, I, I kind of a big game. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, uh, well, we're the, gonna win. Bold we'll prediction. Good, clean, fun today, fellas. Well, other than oh, uh, few, a few S-words, but hey. A few S-bombs. Sorry, kids. I'm going to buy me some of that Apple stock here before I leave. Yeah, still down? Uh, let's see where it's at. It's uh, down to 144. Th- down 8% today. Thanks what a lot, you- Trump. Are we still recording? Yeah. <laughs> we are. Just giving out some this stock. Is, I mean, this is a freaking bargain. Yeah. Dow All Jones right. is down today. Just because Apple is. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys.